kids? Looking for a way to affordably access the best and wildest independent extreme horror currently in existence? Godless Horrors is the place to be. Go to www.godless.com to gain access to thousands of extreme horror and splatterpunk books from the genre's best and brightest independent authors. Godless Horrors offers every title in their catalog in a variety of formats to ensure compatibility with your favorite digital reading device. Strapped for cash? No worries. Godless has a fantastic collection of free titles ready for instant download, with other titles in their collection rarely exceeding $3 to $4. Again, go to www.godless.com or download the app and tell them what the fuck you're looking for. Come join the Godless tribe today. Forever delightfully deviant. Forever Godless. I drink till the night becomes another day And the day's just another little thing in our way There's something about the way you beat me down That I'll never learn You're the fight of no return The pain in my chest, the stain on your dress, the glass in my eye But this life is a joke and death is the punch I Welcome to Mothers of Mayhem, an extreme horror podcast. Yes! Woo! Woo! This is your <laughs> weird book mom, Marion, bringing you another very special episode of the show today. If you are already a fan of the podcast, you are aware that in addition to our two mom interviews, I have been hosting a panel discussion series. <clears throat> Sorry. My panel discussion series, which is called Hidden Voices of Horror. And that has been featuring some of the brightest talents and personalities in modern independent horror. And so far, we've talked with an amazing group of women from the industry, um, a group of amazing authors who were willing to talk about mental health and its representation within the genre. And recently, we talked about this huge indie horror renaissance that we had over the last couple of years. In mid-June, I'll be spending time with an extraordinary panel of POC authors and reviewers to discuss their views regarding cultural diversity within the genre. But this week... I'm so freaking stoked about this. I can't even. I am joined by this extraordinary group of people from within our very own indie horror alphabet mafia. It is about to get queer up in here. Bitch house. Oh, LGBTQIA plus fam represents. Hello, my darlings. Hi. Hey, what's up? Oh my God. Thanks for having us. Oh my God. Thank you for being here for making such a terrible decision. I really appreciate it. (laughs) So friends, allow me to make some introductions here. First, we have prolific author, co-host of the Written in Red podcast and overall incredible human being, Roland Bercy Jr. Hi, Roland. 
Yeah. Hello, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. <laughs> Aw, thank you. Up next is my precious friend, Eve Harms. This is the first time I've had a chance to actually like video chat with Eve. So I'm like dying. Eve is an incredible author, artist, creator of the most wonderful little zine mags that I have ever seen in my life. Um, before the end of the show, please, please, you must plug this so people know where to get them. Eve was one of my first supporters and friends on the Tiki Tackies and I just love you to pieces. <laughs> Thank you, you so much for being here. Another one of my very first online supporters and friends is my sweetest bean, Dylan. Dylan Montez. Dylan Hello. and I. Hi, baby. <laughs> Dylan and I originally bonded over his manga reviews, but he mm-hmm. quickly ended up falling into the black hole of independent horror reviews after making yes. the mistake of becoming my adopted TikTok child. Another terrible decision on your part, my sweet. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just my life in general. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Next we have author and ultimate bad bitch angelique jordana who makes me laugh my ass off every damn day on the book of face and who wrote one of the best sapphic indie horror novels i have ever read this book is called danny you all need to read it i don't know if any of you have had a chance to read danny it's amazing and i love that facebook tries to put you in fb jail Every time you try to post the cover, every every fucking time. (laughs) Finally, we have author Mick Collins. Mick is a fellow Pennsylvanian who recently had the honor of meeting my eldest daughter and proud pan person, Ami, at a recent PA horror convention. Um, Mick, this news has not gone out anywhere yet, and you, this group, is the first to hear it, but Mick also happens to be one of our three Swan Dong short story competition winners. Oh, wow! Yay! Woohoo! We will be getting in touch with you soon to get you scheduled for awesome in in a reading a live reading of oh. your brilliant swan dog brilliant you read the <laughs> brilliant should not be used in conjunction with that story so good <laughs> oh my and god an interview. so uh, you all will be seeing mick again later this season we will keep oh, you boy. posted my friend i am super eager to discuss the representation of the LGBTQIA plus community within the horror genre. I believe this is an incredibly important discussion for us as a community to have. I think if we look back on the history of horror, especially with film, because I think film uh, managed to explore sexuality in much clearer ways than horror lit did during like the eighties and the nineties. I know some of you are not as elderly as some of the others of us, (laughs) 
but attacked. <laughs> look, look, I just attacked myself. Yeah, I yeah, told I'm, you I'm straight well up. My eye doctor was like, girl, it's bifocal time. And I was like, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> you don't know nothing. Where'd you get your degree? I am a young lady. <laughs> All right, friends. Let's crack in. So first, and we don't have to go in any particular order. So whoever feels comfortable just jumping in right from the start, you go for it. I would love to talk to you all about how you became aware of Indie Extreme. I know that's kind of a controversial tag right now, but Indie Extreme Horror and what your first experience was with Independent Extreme Horror. How did you get into this? How did it pull you in? I think, um, you know, I guess I'll go first. Um, probably some of my earliest ones were um, Graham Masterton. I don't know if a lot of people read. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think they do, but he's an amazing author. Uh, yeah, oh, he's so good. Please do yourself a favor and check him out. And then I guess from start reading that, you know how Amazon gives you um, suggestions for other people. Rath James White and Edward Lee. So oh, yeah. I just kind of gravitated towards them. And as soon as I read a Wrath Wright um, and Edward Lee book, I was hooked. That was it. I was done. I was finished. There was like no other place for me to go. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, what about you guys? Tell us. Tell us. Um, well, I started with movies and I didn't actually too. get into like reading it until recently. I mean... I've read Clive Barker and stuff, but uh, Poppy Z. Bright, but like real mm -hmm. extreme, extreme uh, this is over the last like two years that I kind of delve into that. You know, I tried to find a way to get a hold of Poppy Z. Bright when that is now his dead name. Um, he goes by mm -hmm. Billy now and he has himself so locked down, like it is impossible to find him <laughs> and wow. to get a hold of him. He's really found a way to like completely separate himself from who he was at that time when he was writing all of those Poppy Z break books, which I find fascinating because as we have this conversation, I think that's a name that's going to pop up over and over and over again because he was very influential in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And one of our first openly transgender horror authors. Oh, nice. Actually, oh, just yeah, yeah. Several months ago and got an autographed copy of uh, Exquisite Corpse. So <gasps> nice. That's well, amazing. You tell him if you see him again that Marion's been trying to reach him. He's not going to know what any of that means, but I. <laughs> 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 tell me more, friends. I want to know more. So, um, oh, if you want to go first. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Um, well, I know that you got me into uh, the splatterpunk genre recently um, oh, because yes. of your TikToks. Um, but I also read a lot of uh, uh, leisure publishing horror in the, like, when I was in high school. So they published a lot of, like, Richard Lehman and uh, Sarah Pinborough was one of my favorites. Um so I read a lot of their stories when I was in high school and then just recently got into like the real extreme splatterpunk stuff. So I'm curious, Marian. <laughs> I'm curious to know what your favorite's been so far. Um, so, well, I have a few favorites. Um, 
one of them we're probably going to talk about today um, is uh, Payback's a Witch. Oh, nice. look at that! Ooh, I love it. that book? I've never <laughs> oh, seen you know, before. <laughs> someone named Roland. Oh, oh that's someone, so sweet. Thank someone you so named much. Roland who's actually it. wearing a Payback is a Witch shirt. <laughs> no! <laughs> that's amazing. You're going to have to get... Don't... I self-advertise <laughs> walking down the street. Dylan, That's you're gonna awesome. have to get you're gonna have to get the uh, PayPal info so you can send him some money. I will. That one oh, <laughs> That's so nice, Dylan. Thank you. Yeah. So the moral of the story is everyone needs to read that book because I read it a while back too, oh, and it was so really, good. really good. So if you get oh, nothing else from this podcast, so read that book. Oh, Thank absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, oh, my ears are getting red. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, tell us about your first adventure in indie extreme. I'm, I think I'm kind of a newbie on the indie side because I did like, I read, you know, Barker and Masterson and kind of, you know, the Masters, you know. Um, but it wasn't actually till recently, like real recently, when my last book, Vera Mellon, was published that I kind of got into like, oh, this is an actual thing. And I am desperately trying to play catch up because especially off of godless there's so many good authors that i just i keep filling up my tablet and just like i'll get to it on top of doing my own work and you know everything else but um yeah (laughs) (laughs) mentioning like poppy and all that yeah i i mean that's i i blame poppy bright for and i used to joke around that she turned me both goth and gay (laughs) i mean i'm bi but close enough (laughs) oh my gosh Eve, Eve wrote a book called Transmuted, which is part of the Rewind or Die series, which was an exploration of transition from almost, I would classify it kind of as bizarro body horror. It's one of the most fantastic books I have read. Um, I bought a copy for my sister. I bought I bought several copies for oh, multiple people. Oh, you're so welcome. It's brilliant. So I'm very curious to know where did you start in the whole horror genre? What pulled you in? Um, well, in terms of the extreme stuff, I guess the first I've been like in the indie horror scene for a while, but something I can kind of like definitely say oh there's the line um is Lucas Mangum who's a good friend um nice and yeah his work is really fantastic and um extreme um but I kind of got into horror fiction through weird fiction though I was always a horror fan growing up with film and um stuff like that um something about the dark side has always appealed to me you know, there's there's some trauma in my life that has extra sweetness, but I think I've always been attracted to the darkness even before I experienced it myself. Um, I absolutely am dying for that phrase that you just used. There's some trauma in my life that adds extra sweetness. <laughs> I know it's kind of coming out of backwards. I'm like, typing. <laughs> I'm typing that and I'm typing it. I'm, I realize I, I, I often tell you kind of like of like almost like an origin story set in my head of times I love horror fiction because I do kind of have like something that I feel like solidified me 
But then I think um, I saw a tweet by Annie Rose, who's a film horror film critic, really amazing. Um, everyone should check out. Um, but she was talking about like, I don't have a, like, I don't need, I've had trauma, but I don't, that's not what attracts me to horror. I just, this is who I am. This is what I like. And you don't need that. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I kind of forgot about that part. Yep. There's the story also. It's like that extra la- layer. So. Oh, absolutely. 100%. We've had the iceberg conversation on this show before where humans so, are icebergs. And a lot of times um, representation and exposure is kind of like a double behavior that's communicating right? meaning um, that we otherwise it do is not know how to express. That we're represented. And the, the true meaning um, is always under the surface of the water. And we all know that with an trans iceberg, people, it um, is way more acreage under the water. Probably like in their daily life. It's above the surface now. It goes right on. It goes I, along this is like not my idea. first gender rodeo like 100%. i tried to transition before and i, I de- am thrilled to because also hear it was too hard Barker like people just the difference between like 2012 and now is huge openly you know gay like horror authors people and was very very you know, very proud like the um, joke at the end of Ace Ventura and critics um, at all he was like you know what you know, i am like who i a am a serial killer Although, yeah, silence although now I'm like writing, he, especially, you know what I mean, like, it's like and it's, books of blood, but, like he really pushed well, a lot of boundaries, and I think he opened the doors so for a lot. Later, of like people are like, oh, I understand what that really is. Um, feel more confident expressing like themselves through the horror you know, genre. Object. Like it's like a thing um, that people can't be. So um, I was able to. It's to very. I think. Well, not super recently, but it was. It, it gave me the, the ability to, has become to come out of much more show. visible um, over the last decade. But now, like, and we are starting I mean, to find all these attacks, more and more support right? just from the people, general public, like just legislation all over the country. What and we're just there's just like is big your opinion, on our back. my friends, regarding and cishet. Authors, There's also these kind of writing the lived experiences attacks, of queer and trans. Oh, especially yeah. for you, horror writers. I mean, right? I feel like any exposure has value as the whole long as it's appropriate and it's thing, accurate. People um, want the representation to be They don't want or a trans character to be a serial is it, killer. Is um, true. But, oh, I didn't even think about that. But but we're at this point. I'm a horror writer. I want to write about my experience i want to write human beings and you know trans people are human beings and some of us suck like think about um <laughs> i love it not me i'm great she's think like about, yeah no i'm perfect but think about any of the any, any of the authors that you read like they're they're often writing like um on godless they're often writing about cis white people who are absolute pieces of shit and I should be able to write an absolute piece of shit who's trans, right? You're absolutely um, right. <laughs> but people You're don't like that. Right. Some trans people don't want to see that because they're not ready or they're like, they're, it's very vulnerable early in transition. It's a hard mm-hmm. place to be. And you can feel attacked just by seeing something that just makes you feel hurt. Like if you see yourself reflect in a way you don't like, or you have a fear that like this is going to cause more um you know, backlash against you, you can lash out against somebody else. Um, so it's really, com- the whole representation thing is really complicated in that sense. That's a um, whole different layer that I never even I know. thought of because what we just want the community to be recognized as humans. 
like we're humans just like exactly. everybody else there's really no difference in our humanity and you're absolutely right eve there are some humans that fucking suck <laughs> yep and by, I heard showing, about more and more from every day. by showing that there are gay trans people in the world who exist who are not great people that in and of itself should be very humanizing like that should really mm-hmm. just be like hey you know what we're just as human as any of those other asshole serial killers yeah. that exist out there but at the same time i right. think you're totally right like the community is the community ready to have representation that shows the flaws and vulnerabilities of our um, humanity yes. we are um we have to be because yeah. then i if we're not then I, i'll just why am I on this podcast, right? Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. um, the thing is that a lot, it's not just that you want to also be able to portray trans people as whole people, but also like, I want to be able to express ugly parts of myself. And the way sometimes we do that is by like an avatar. Like, you know, there'll be like something that's essentially a revenge fantasy. And it's not even a really a real person more of a person that's standing in for you know the shadow side of you or just a piece of you yeah um as far as it goes with like cishet authors writing queer and trans folk um i i don't have no problem with that um i hope they do a good job um the where it gets kind of tricky is like i want publishers to choose story like if you're trying to publish a story about a trans person like find a trans author, you know, we're out there. Um, yeah. Don't pick a cis author over a trans author. Um, but an author, like, you should be able to write what you want. If you want to write about a trans person, like, go for it. I really encourage you to do a good job. Like, you know, like, if you're writing, like, directly from a trans person's perspective and you're not trans, um, it, it's going to be tricky to get it right. But if mm-hmm. that's what you really want to do, go for okay. it. It's as probably, long as you do your research. <laughs> I was going to say, that's probably it. It's probably scary for a straight person to write about gay, trans, any of the genders that or not genders, but sexual orientations that they are not familiar with because there's a lot of research involved and they don't want to get it wrong and offend somebody uh, by writing something um, that that might not be true or they might not have uh, enough knowledge about. So I think a lot of people are scared to take that leap and to be bold and to write about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And kind of the mm-hmm. flip side of that too is, you know, some of that fear might come from the fact that there's so much they've done wrong by just, you know, either portraying them purpose, portraying us purposely bad or kind of half-assing it with, you know, just bad tropes. And so we've got bad representation or at best half-assed representation. Sure. And so maybe, you know, it's, again, it, I agree. It comes down to research, do the research, talk to people, you know, if you're going to do it fine, you know, writers should be able to write just, if you're going to write out outside of your wheelhouse, make sure you're doing it right. You know, get some good beta yeah. readers, whatever you need to do. Otherwise, yeah, you may want to do, if you're not willing to do that, maybe do something else. Yeah, you know, Tim Friesenhan, yeah. I don't know if any of you had a chance to read Oozhead. Um, 
Timothy Friesenhan. This was one of his, I think, early, early releases for this year. But the main character of Oozhead is a young trans woman. And this young woman is basically haunted and tormented by this demonic entity that has become the representation of her horrifyingly abusive stepfather. So it's this huge journey regarding, you know, gender transition, identity, becoming whole, reaching self-actualization while living under this horrific shadow of abuse. And from my perspective, I felt like he did he did a very respectful job in representing who this character was. But then I heard from other readers who were like, you know what? There were certain characteristics about this character that just didn't feel right to me because of the way their relationship with sex was portrayed. And even though this was someone who was transitioning to female, their, their, their uh, feelings towards sex still felt very male. And I had to come back and be like, well, you know, we don't know the inner workings, the inner psyche of somebody as they're struggling with their identity and trying to find a path to transition. I was like, what, where do we draw the line? Like, how do we have these conversations? It just really was, it was fascinating to me. Um, I could really see where they were coming from, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? I feel like he did, he did his best. He did his best. Let's not tear him apart. Like he really tried to represent the best he could. And he told me he did, he did months and months of research trying to do the best that he possibly could as far as really building this into a, a full human um i just find it i find the perspective very interesting as we move forward with more cisgendered heterosexual authors including characters from the lgbt community in their books because it is just more normal now right like this is just part of everyday general life nowadays thank god yes (laughs) yeah uh, Angelique, talk about your character of Danny a little bit for me. Because Danny is another one of those flawed characters who really shows the humanity of, you know, a a, a lesbian woman in a relationship. And she maybe doesn't get it right all the time. (laughs) Just starting out in relationships, though. She's uh, kind of been sheltered overall um it was kind of a with that i want to say that you know there's always something that gets a person to where they're at so i wanted to show like how this character got to where she was and made her do what she did so that was my whole thing with danny of uh you know with the serial killers and everything, I think most of them have had some kind of trauma in their life that led them to where they're at. I mean, there's the, there's those few that start out just bad in general, but most everyone is led to where they're at. Oh my God. Yeah. They say that Jeffrey Dahmer had a normal childhood. I don't believe that. Something <laughs> happened. <laughs> and if it's not some kind of traumatic mm-hmm. abuse situation, usually it's 
too many hard hits to the noggin. <laughs> That's pretty typically what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Nick, you had brought this up just a few minutes ago, but let's talk about stereotypes and tropes. Okay. I, yeah, I can think of quite a few. We have the gay best friend. We have the trans sex worker. We have the uh, murderous bisexual best friend who falls in love with one of the other protagonists and just goes bazonks and causes all kinds of chaos. And then, same as our people of color, we have the phenomenon called the barrier gaze where we're like the red shirts of Star Trek. (laughs) <laughs> right you're either you either have dark skin or you're gay you're going down <laughs> you're gonna be one of the first to fall absolutely are there any recent mm-hmm. books that y'all have read that you felt transcended the usual tropes and stereotypes um can i just comment on something you said yeah i like first to fall that's a good phrase. Barrier gaze. I'm not. I don't like. I don't love that phrase, because well, mm-hmm. you know, we we kill our characters all the time. Yeah. And we kill the characters, you know, that are close to the, to the care, you know, to the main characters. Absolutely. And we write about people like our, ourselves. So yep. You can't like to say. I think the real crux of that is that like it's a person is like discarded. You know. It's like they're kind of there for the shock value of their death. Yes. It's not that they're being killed. It's that they're not the center of it. Um, one I, thing I I'm, feel oh, like that's ahead. something that's come up over and over and over again. And same with our characters who are African-American or Hispanic, like they tend to be the first characters to fall because, and to me, it's, it's a devaluation. Like you said, it's almost like they're, they, it just, it puts emphasis on the fact that they are just secondary, their background, their, their scenery. And it just bothers me so much. It bothers me so bad. <laughs> yeah. I really like to, I like to, I like to highlight books and movies where we've seen that change. Kind of like, well, from the 80s, Freddy's Revenge. Y'all remember Freddy's Revenge? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was one of the first movies that was very, very, like, it was right there. Like, that is a very, oh, oh my God. <laughs> but what what do you guys think? Like, have you seen anything recently, read anything recently that you feel is really breaking out of those confines that we've seen for so many decades? I can't say that I've read anything, but I do know I have a little inside information on something that's coming out that's probably gonna transcend and break that stereotype. I can't say what it is, but um, I'm looking forward to reading it. So it's gonna be really exciting. Um, so I can't really say I've read anything that has transcended or broken that stereotype for me. 
So I'm currently reading um, Manhunt. Oh, yeah. I want to read that. Yeah, yeah, that's on my list. It's very, very good. Um, Gretchen is a friend, and basically she's taking the whole gender apocalypse and, like, actually considering trans people and, like, disabled people in it and fat people. And there's not exactly, like, a hard-cut trope about it, but there's been so many, like, gender apocalypse things that just kind of brush away the I mean just the base concept of biology mm-hmm. like Absolutely. there's a recently one that I don't think it's even come out yet and Gretchen did like a review that like completely eviscerated it but it's like about how everybody with a Y chromosome disappears from the earth and earth becomes like a paradise but people still want the men back but it's like that's like a fundamental misunderstanding of biology you know what I mean like so, I know it's like super it's not, and it's not like a horror it's like a literary fiction or something so she, so Gretchen actually wrote a book that um and here's <clears throat> the analog is like the amount of testosterone someone has so there are trans men surviving by keeping their testosterone low and there are trans men who are dealing with the fact that they cannot have you know this thing that's that um you know sustains them that makes them who they who they are in in the case oh, of each wow. individual person so it's really, um, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, another one I've read um, is also Cirque Berserk by Jessica Guest. Yes! Um, that's in the Rinder Die series. Also, I don't want to say how it subverts it because it's kind of a cool reveal. So, but, but that's a great book. Um, that one's also in my TBR. <laughs> I, I, it's been sitting there and it's been like mocking me and calling Just me. It's like, hey, girl, move, hey. It, move it up a little bit. I will. <laughs> oh, I definitely it's good. will. With the, with the way you read, you'll like finish it in like five minutes. I don't know. You probably just <laughs> go like that. And you'll it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I anyone who reads good as good as I used to be, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> really? okay. Anybody else? Anybody else read anything that they oh, feel yeah. like changing the scope? Yeah, I went looking through all my books and all my like devices to see, and I realized that for the last like year and a half, I've actually been reading just research material for a project that I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but you know, it's nice to dream. (laughs) But and so I'm like, and and then I'm going, okay, you know, like I said before, I'm trying to play catch up, you know, get back on horror because I missed it and I've been doing all this other stuff. And I realized I have a serious lack of like, good queer horror in my library like at all or anything that touches on the subject and now i'm i'm a little sad so if you see if you guys recommend anything and i you see me scribbling that's because me i'm taking crib notes well goodness oh i was gonna say while we're that was pretty much a great little segue there why don't we go ahead and recommend some good queer horror Let's do it. Like, is there anything you would recommend up front where you're like, if you want a good story with great representation, here you go. This is it. I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, I, do, I will say one, one that I read. It's in um, one of Rat James White's. I cannot pronounce the name of the book. It's, uh, it's like in French. Uh, but his story in there is actually about a trans, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while. She's a witch. And he, she's it's badass. I'm going to get the, I have the book. So I'm going to step out of the screen in a second and get it for you guys. But Ooh, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. Yes, please. 
<laughs> Anybody else? Well, I would recommend Eve Harms Transmuted 100%. I also recommend Angelique Jordana's Danny, D A N I. And another one I cannot recommend enough is by Sarah Tantlinger, and it's called To Be Devoured. And it is absolutely gorgeously brutal in its examination of mental illness and love and uh, how we, in our desire to be loved, can, can, can allow it to consume both our own selves and the people that we've focused this love on. It is stunning. It's stunning. And it's a novella, so it is not very long to read. What do you guys have to offer? This is it. I don't know if you guys have read it. But um, that's really good. He has a uh, story about a trans uh, witch, and I just thought that was badass. Obliquator voluptus. Obliquator voluptus. Who's the um, who compiled it? Uh, so it's Deathhead uh, Deathhead Press. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, and including a novelette by ja- James Rathwhite and Monica O'Rourke. So it's really good. Oh, the whole, fantastic! The whole book is good. Yeah. Yay! Right, another book to add to my TBR. Fantastic. Do it. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks, guys. <laughs> Give me some more. That I can add to my list and feel overwhelmed by. I would go with some Haley Piper. Uh, she's pretty good. Uh, I read um, oh, The Worm and His Kings. Kings, yeah. That was very good. Um, then there's Queen of Teeth. Uh, she's just got yes. some really good, good um, books. So Haley Piper would be my uh, suggestion for people. <gasps> we get to meet Haley Piper in two weeks. I can't wait, you guys. Ooh. I'm so excited. Me and Roland and Angelique are all going to AuthorCon to oh. party our asses <laughs> off. Yeah, <that's> so <laughs> and, meet, and meet amazing people like Haley Piper and Ross James White. <laughs> what else? What else? <laughs> um. Corrupted Vessels by Brea Ripley Page. Corrupted uh, Vessels. What is yeah. this about? Um, it's about kind of um, this um, this group of trans people that coalesce kind of um, around almost like a little tiny miniature cult in an abandoned mansion. Um, it's very good. Um, so highly recommend that. It's a novella. You should Same. read it cult yeah it's like abandoned um, mansion and my brain was like i'm in yes (laughs) let's fucking do this you should absolutely (laughs) read it it's 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 very good um oh my god um i mean i'm sure many of you have uh heard ever read things have gotten worse since we last spoke oh Oh, yeah yeah. Eric LaRocca he's a force gonna, of nature oh my god he's gonna be on the show I think the week after you guys Ooh, so, nice. oh yeah 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 so that's very exciting I have so many questions for him oh my god number but one yes, why <laughs> yeah yeah why why you do this 
Why are you like this? Why apple cores and tapeworms? Tell me more. <laughs> I had that book spoiled for me, and I was still like devastated by the fact I was like, I knew it was going to happen. Like, why can I not sleep right now? His uh, the his short story collection. You guys, I don't know if you've had a chance to read the strange things we become, but it is absolutely beautiful. It is amazing, and it's just this. It's very dreamlike in nature. But there's this current, this strong underlying current of dread that it just picks you up at page one and it carries you straight through to the end of the collection. And it is, wow, you close that book and you're like, oh, I need a nap. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was an adventure. (laughs) But it's amazing. Amazing. Dylan, do you have any suggestions, my sweet? Um, so I do actually have uh, a queer horror manga to recommend. Yes! Which is, it's like the only one. <laughs> but um, it's a really interesting story. So it's called um, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Total um, Eclipse it's kind of the Eternal Heart. Yeah, it's, it's kind of similar to Exquisite Corpse in a way. Um, in that it's like... Uh, it's, it takes place in two different timelines, uh, one in the past with a serial killer and then, the, and then in the future with a, a boy who becomes obsessed with the serial killer. And it's kind of like a time-bendy kind of story. Uh, it's very dark, though. I, I, I have to like look up the trigger warnings again because it's not for the faint of heart, but it is very well-written. So I really liked it. It's not like, not a happy story, but it's very good. You said, I need to look up the trigger warnings, not for the faint of heart and not a happy yeah. story. And again, Mm-mm. my brain was like, another kind of funny thing. Um, so this kind of shows the range. This isn't a horror book at all, but the same person also wrote, um, this comic, which is like a really cute high school romance. Oh, I love and it's range. Like the complete opposite. <laughs> so, I love good range. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really crazy that they did that, but yeah. Oh, that's fantastic, Angelique Mick. Yeah, guys, got any recs? I know Mick, this was really for your benefit, but you got any ideas? <laughs> Um, well, I'm going to, I know this is a horror podcast, but I'm going to kind of sidestep a little bit. Um, I'm also, uh, one of the co-hosts for the Bi Plus podcast. And if, uh, Bi Plus podcast.com, um, and of course I can't think of any books right off the top of my head because, you know, that would be convenient. Um, <laughs> but if, go check it out. Cause we, we interview a lot of authors and it's mainly lit fic. We do some sci-fi and fantasy authors um in fact road to road to juno by liam quain i hope i pronounced that last name right um it's a really good more sci-fi one but there's a lot of really good uh books there um to check out if like a non-horror vein um going for like more of the the buy plus type of community but uh even kind of outside of that too just some excellent stuff um but yeah horror wise I need to catch up. I'm so far behind yeah. on good 
good horror. Um, the only thing I really know I can recommend is my own. So it's sad. Uh, I need to get it. better at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, thinking of like exquisite corpse, did I, I, I really struggled with that book. Did anybody else have a hard time with that book? Yeah, yeah I haven't been able to finish it. Yeah, there's something it's, about it it's that a hard just, read. it is a very hard and I I can do hard reads, so I don't really feel like it's that the the explicit grotesque violence, the heartlessness of the characters. I I feel like that stuff that we're all used to now. There's just something it's, about the vibe that is just so. It feels it feels so real. I think yes. that's the, what, what it is. It's like, it's like you're actually in the mind of a serial killer. It's uh-huh. very oppressive. Yeah. It's very oppressive. And mm-hmm. I struggled with that book so hard, especially yeah. the beginning. I had a little bit, I, you know, once I got through the book, I was like, that was freaking brilliant. That was amazing. But at the very beginning, when he like meditates himself into a faux death state, oh my I God. Was like, yeah. What is this? <laughs> like you're gonna tell me this guy who's like totally narcissistic and full of himself and like shallow and superficial has enough uh spiritual depth to meditate himself into a faux death state. <laughs> and then that kind of set me off, but then it it takes you in such a crazy journey. I just unplugged my light and like spilled my drink. I'm sorry guys. <laughs> go on (laughs) the beauty of this podcast is that i can cut any of this out at any time but i shouldn't because it's way entertaining i was gonna say but i i won't (laughs) (laughs) poppy z bright has quite a few good books though not just exquisite corpse i mean lost soul drawing blood yeah Wormwood was amazing. So, I mean, just a great writer overall. I agree with you 100%. And I think we can't overlook Anne Rice. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes. Rest of yeah. Yeah. I know that Anne had, you know, there's some, some people consider her to be a little bit problematic, but she really was using a lot of themes in her books that really started to bring the community into the forefront, the whole relationship between Lestat and uh, Louis and Armand and even with the Mayfair witches, which is actually coming, I think to one of the streaming services. I'm very excited about Alexandra, Alexandra Daddario, you guys is starring in the Mayfair witches series nice hot shit not that <laughs> not that dylan or roland are really like excited about that right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. hey I can <laughs> <appreciate> it. <laughs> yeah you got a pretty face I mean, nice I know. to look at <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it before we move on does anybody else have any others luminous dead um, oh luminous dead I actually have that right here. It's like almost a romance, but it's still sci-fi horror. I, I love yeah. that. 
I was sobbing at the end. Yeah, it was really good. Oh, that's another one that's in my list. Tell me more about it. Um, so the reason <laughs> the reason I bought it is the author on Twitter at some point sold it as uh, angry, traumatized lesbians in a cave in the future, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> angry, traumatized future lesbians in a cave. Yeah, so it's wow. about going into a cave on another planet with mm-hmm. um in this yeah i don't know i think that should be enough right yeah yeah i'm in (laughs) spores sold yeah and then they um they end up getting like trapped there basically and like they have to like excavate their way out so it's a it's a survival horror just like the descent but with lesbians yeah yes in the future (laughs) that would have made it so much better oh my god yes i'm in yeah you should definitely read it it's really good good. look at it listeners look it up and let us know (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely on my bookshelf in the other room (laughs) Uh, how would you guys like to see horror authors continue to improve representation of the queer community within their books and stories. Do you have any ideas? Are there any things you yourself as a creative have considered doing to, I don't wanna say change representation, just but to emphasize the community in your work? Um, I think that uh, one way to emphasize is at least for me and I guess kind of how I go for it and things I've found interesting is normalize like they just are you know whatever how whatever flavor of queer they are and you just move on you know there's no explanations there's no points to make there's no forced relationships to prove the point it just is and you move on and I think you're seeing a little bit more of it but I would just like to see a lot more of it I think we've gotten past the point to where we got to try and convince like, you know, cishet folks that it's okay. You know, we got a queer character. You're fine. It's just like, it is what it is. You, we're moving on. We've got more important plot points. Exactly. Right. And it really, I think as far as cishet readers, it really goes back to not every book is going to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, just yes, look exactly. at some of our more contentious titles like womb. Duncan Ralston's womb you either either love that book because it is fucking wild or people are like this is garbage what the hell is this (laughs) Mick you were just saying about people just writing um just a a, you know gay bisexual lesbian trans character as just a human person but I think that's kind of scary again for people I am a gay man and I'm writing a book and my next character is a bisexual man and there's a part in the book where I focus on the gay bathhouse that is a for some people scary to write about because then I think they think they're portraying people or gay people in a negative light and that's not the case they're just showing a different facet of the gay existence um I'm I'm terrified to write this because I think <laughs> to myself if, when I write this are as people are people going to assume that that might be something that I lived through. Maybe it actually it is. I'm not afraid <laughs> to say that. I went through that part of when I was a young, uh, when I was younger. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I think that that might be another thing that people are afraid to do because they're think they think they're going to portray gays, bisexual, trans in a negative light, and they're not. They're just showing that side of the community. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that really pulls back to what Eve was talking about earlier, where I think the community is afraid that if we show the flaws and vulnerabilities of these characters as just humans, that it spins them in the wrong light, that we really want everyone to be seen as golden children right now, because we're so worried about making sure that we're accepted and respected. At the same time, we're writing horror. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. In horror, guys. So, yeah, be horrific. Show the horrific side of it. It's okay. Because in the end, they're just humans, right? right? Yeah. Just shitty humans, just like every other shitty human. <laughs> <laughs> nope. You're absolutely right. Did you read the book Bathhouse from last year? No, I didn't. There's a part oh. of it. Oh, there is a book called Bathhouse. It's not a horror novel. It's really more of a psychological thriller. But Uh it's about a gentleman who steps out of his long-term relationship Mm -hmm. with uh, someone that he meets in a bathhouse situation. That meeting goes terribly, terribly wrong. Almost. And in his mind, he considers it an assault. He's assaulted. But where it goes from there is absolutely batshit crackers. Wow. Okay. And the just from the 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 cover, the cover art is exceptional. It's amazing. One hundred percent recommend. Not horror, psychological thriller, but wild. Oh, cool. Wild. Did any of you read Yes, Daddy? Mm-mm. I no. say it all the time. I haven't read it though. So Yes, Daddy highlights the brutal and rampant abuse of young gay teenage and early adult men in Hollywood and how they are being taken advantage of and used by powerful movie executives or people within the industry who have the financial capabilities to do these sorts of things and to do this abuse and to take people and just remove them from their lives. And it is horrifying it's horrifying because when you uh place it on the scales next to the whole me too movement and everything that came out about um oh oh david singer brian singer brian singer the x-men guy and how he was Mm -hmm. being accused similarly of abusing young teenage gay men in Mm -hmm. hollywood um it's 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 devastating. It is devastating, but it is exceptional. It's one of those books where you're like, this is amazing. I hate it. <laughs> I can't stop mm-hmm. reading it. This is awful and incredible. <laughs> wow. 100% recommend. Yes, Daddy. Wow. Check it out. Wow. And I think, I think it's important that we see more of these books highlighting the true experience the the abuses that mm. people have suffered that, that, yeah. that was a, a big reason that i really loved transmuted eve because 
I I am a huge fan of Bizarro. I'm sorry if I'm talking too much, but now I'm excited. I'm a huge no. fan of Bizarro. You can talk about a transmuted as much as you want. Bizarro is to me, Bizarro is rooted in sociocultural commentary. And Bizarro authors have this way of using surrealism, absurdity, and body horror, as well as sometimes like creature horror to really highlight in a satirical way the horrible things that are happening in our world. And in Transmuted, this young person is so desperate to become who they want to be that they subject themselves willingly to these procedures that end there's horrifying results but continues to keep going and and continues with the change because they're just so desperate to be who they want to be who they feel like they should be and it also really highlights the abuse the the culture of abuse that you really have to wade through and swim through as you're trying to find your path and just learn to love yourself (laughs) For who you are inside and i at bizarro i think is amazing for being able to tell those stories in ways where people kind of sit back and they're like oh oh <laughs> i get it oh damn <laughs> absolutely it's, it's not just that she's trying to go towards something she wants it's also that even though the changes you know, and the, I mean, it's not really a spoiler. You kind of guess it's going to happen or kind of monstrous that she undergoes, but she kind of, you know, there's something very off and she keeps going. Yeah. She's, she's not completely sure if it's, maybe this is actually preferable to the way she was before. Yeah. You know, there yeah. are some aspects about it. Like, well, this is kind of weird, but maybe it's better. Like, and so it's not just, I don't know. Someone said that uh, on Twitter, like tweeted at me and they're talking about how like, the horror was almost just staying the way she was like that was as much of a horror as changing and that's i mean that's that's a big part of my trans experience um absolutely or having to revert get make it being able to move forward in your journey and then feeling compelled to pull back and move backwards before you regain the courage to move forward again and really push forward absolutely absolutely I hope um, we see a lot more of this. Go for it, friend. Oh, I think going back to what we were kind of talking about, um, about portraying our actual lived experiences um, and the concept of respectability politics and being concerned about how we'll be seen by, um, you know, cis hat people, whatever the dominant culture is. I think there's also good to keep in mind that um, you're not, not all of us want to assimilate into that culture. And it's not just that we're showing the truth, but maybe we're just, just showing us and this is the way we are. We don't, it's not just like, oh, I want to show the ugly side that can be part of it, but it's also like, this is what we do. This is who we are. Like, do you know what's gross? The new queer family. That's kind of weird, yeah. right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can look at it from another perspective, right? Yeah. Like, um, 
So I think um, for me, like I, in terms of the question about like what I want to see from other authors, um, there's all sorts of things I would hope to see in the genre, but mostly I want to see other authors lifting up, you know, authors who are in a harder situation, they're more marginalized, they're helping enable people who maybe want to be an author, but they need like some some help, you know, or a little like mm -hmm. mentorship or just just another author friend, you know, like try to kind of like, if, if you're getting any, like if you're starting to climb up at all, like try to take people with you. Um, mm -hmm. Because I mean, right, you know, just write what you want. Like I, you know, if you finish a book at all, like, God bless you. Like, it's hard. So, like, I'm not going to, you know, don't think about it too hard. Just just do a good job. Yeah. Like, write something good and try to bring people with you. Has anybody else had an experience, like, Roland, where you've included certain aspects of gay culture, queer culture into your books and it made you a little bit nervous to put it out there? Yeah, I was terrified to put out my book. What was it that really frightened you? What were you afraid was going to happen? Um, I spent a lot of time on Twitter. Um, that and... is a trash <laughs> Oh, come on. Yeah. You guys are talking about face. <laughs> I refuse to do the Twitters. Oh, I refuse to do the Twitters. I know um, you don't do the book of face, but Twitter is just like, <laughs> <laughs> at least yeah. we're honest about it yes yes <laughs> but yes like, it's true around in a sea it, of poison it is true it is a venomous place um and yeah. there's there's very commonly um there's a lot of trans misogyny on twitter i mean it's it's all over but twitter is designed for dogpiling and fighting um, yeah so there's a big thing where like someone will do something unsavory uh, a lot of times People think a trans woman has transgressed in some way. And it's random, you know? It, it's it's kind of just completely random. It's like a lottery. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of people attack you and say, oh, well, you wrote this wrong or you didn't represent my experiences correctly. or Because um, it wasn't so was about you. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, not I know, about right? you. Yeah. But um, haters make you famous. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is Ooh. very mm -hmm. true. 100%. Angelique, was there anything about Danny that made you nervous to put it out? Um, the first few chapters. Oh, yeah. Tell um, us more. I pay attention to what people read, and I, I've realized in the lesbian community, the big thing is, like, happy ever after romances and stuff, and so I was really nervous to even promote in any of the lesbian groups because uh, it, it's really hard to find like extreme lesbian horror uh granted only the first like two chapters of mine have anything extreme it gets a little more leveled after that but you know there's not a big reading group for that in the gay community or lesbian community um so i was very nervous to promote with uh <laughs> the lesbian groups yeah i think it's so interesting that 
over and over again, the thing that keeps coming up is really the fragility of our perspectives as a community regarding, I like how you said it, uh, representation in politics, Eve. Like how we are afraid that people will respond negatively if we highlight flaws human flaws in these characters because going back to it over and over and over again we're looking for respect and to be admired and just to be included as you know part of society because we're just here we're just people so i think it's it, it i i think it speaks volumes at this point that the the thing that keeps coming up is the reaction of the LGBTQIA community to the content, not the response of cis het readers. It's actually yeah. the other way. And that fascinates me. That is from a psychological, sociological perspective, that's very interesting to me. Very interesting. Because we, the community is really still growing and expanding its mm-hmm. presence and yeah. looking to maintain stability and its political equality. We're, we still need political parity. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. And I think as long as that fight exists, I think respectability politics will probably be a huge thing, huh? Yeah. Well, and I think we're also still trying to get used to the idea of working together because we've been separated for so long uh, or isolated, feeling isolated, that we're trying to uh, just get along with each other. And so, of course, we want to we're writing for each other, I think, and getting used to the idea of writing for each other more than just like, okay, well, we got to write through this kind of what we perceive a majority audience. Now we can write to to each other. We just want to make sure we get it right because we're going to call each other out as soon as we see something stupid too. So um, so that, and I, just, yeah. I was sitting here thinking about listening to everyone. Writing horror, like I usually try and put some sort of queer representation in all my stuff and it's easier for me mm-hmm. and I'm more comfortable doing in a horror setting. I think because it has more of a, almost like fantasy where you can build the reality you need to in order to make whatever it is you're doing seem you know scary and, and relatable i wrote a my one and only time i wrote any lit fic and i think i was just scared shitless doing that but it was you know it was about uh, a bisexual and a gay two friends on their own and i was more nervous writing that than anything i've ever written trying to put representation in horror i just no point to it. I just found it very interesting. I think, you know, there's a lot to be said about writing for each other. I think the focus has been on how do we represent ourselves to the other side, like people who don't know, who don't understand. What is the image that we want presented? But then as members of the horror community, you all have the perspective, like, you know, all humans are shitty. Doesn't matter who they Mm -hmm. like to bang. And it doesn't matter what's in their pants. They have the potential to be shit people. Oh. <laughs> yep. But us, yeah, no, We're no, great. not of us. We're amazing. <laughs> 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 but 
there is still mm. that aspect where like, well, we need to be represented in a certain way if we're going to be respected and if we're going to get what we want as far as, you know, political things go. So, right. yeah, that's a perspective one, I haven't thought about coming into this, honestly. Uh, one thing to add, though, about that is that um, coming from someone who didn't really grow up with a lot of queer media in general, um, you will find a story that you can relate to. So even if you are like um, worrying about how all of like the internet will, re will like relate to your story, there's still gonna be at least one or two people that are going to read it and then see, say, oh my gosh, that's me in a story. And I think that's really important to remember that, you know, even if it's just a few people, that's, well, that's really important. Absolutely. Yeah. That's actually a great segue into the next question that I wanted to ask, which <laughs> is what horror books or films? And, you know, I think we can take horror out of that. Let's just say what books or films had the greatest impact on you from the perspective of how it correlated with your personal journey regarding gender identity, sexual orientation. I think we, we all are fans of horror. So we've always been interested in the morbid and the macabre and the creepy and the spooky, but is there anything that stands out to you as having really hit a note as you were growing up? Elvira's boobs. Oh my God, Angelique! One hundred percent Elvira. Elvira! Holy shit, Elvira! She is she's a fucking icon. Yeah, she's an icon. For Morticia Adams, I, I, oh yes, I. Oh my God. And not just any Morticia Adams, like the original Morticia. She's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Amazing. But uh, Angelica Houston. Yeah. It's <laughs> oh, yeah. Angelica Houston, Morticia, all the way. I was like, why are you so beautiful? Yeah. And, you know, something crazy about that, too, is that um, she actually hated filming that because of her dress. No, no, she loved the she loved the experience, but <gasps> the dress was so tight oh, I bet. that she like couldn't like breathe, and she hated it, and she burned the dress afterwards. <gasps> oh my god! She, she loved working on it, but after but that like she didn't like the dress. Like that was something that like um huh. it was a hindrance to her. So I had no wow. idea. And yeah. for me, I think it was a dress. Yeah, the Gorney Weaver comes up twice. Can you guess? <laughs> Sigourney Weaver, Ripley. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, from Alien. All yeah. of the Alien movies. <laughs> Ripley, hell yeah. But then Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. I am um, the gatekeeper. <laughs> Are you the gatekeeper? <laughs> <laughs> I am Zool. I was like, okay, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> I have the keys. I have them! <laughs> <Stop> it! <laughs> but then, of course, David Bowie and Labyrinth made sure that I was like, oh, yup, 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 no, I'm a pan. I'm, yeah. I will take it. <laughs> I, everyone and anything is beautiful. Yes. I'm yeah. I'll take it. 
Don't, why um, you wear them tight pants in this children's movies? <laughs> <laughs> Awakenings. <laughs> why not? I say. <laughs> Love me. Goblin King. Me. Okay. Okay, I will. Goblins at all. Look at this dumb bitch. She said no. I will totally step in. I'm good. I'm good. You keep the baby. I'll stay. <laughs> Let's go for it. What about um, you guys? Anything that pops out in your mind? So for me, uh, one of the first horror movies I ever watched when I was seven years old uh, was The Lost Boys. <gasps> oh, oh, child, yeah, yeah, yeah. tell me yeah. all about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so my so my parents let me watch that when I was seven. Um, that was the first like horror movie I ever watched, I think. And I became obsessed with it and would watch it like every other night. And um you know, going through my like um my like sexual identity journey, it was like, oh yeah, it was because of Jason Patrick <laughs> <laughs> and Kiefer Sutherland. Oh god! Uh, was that that whole storyline and all of them really, but you know, I just I don't know. It's it's also just been a comfort movie for me. I always go back to it when I need a movie to watch, just to like turn on. So that's fantastic. Yeah. I oh, it's also that. another funny another funny thing. Um, they would have me close my eyes for like the sex scene. <laughs> And I was very disappointed when I was like old enough to watch it, yeah. and it was like oh, literally yeah. she does this. That's and then such a good cloud. story. <laughs> He's like, really? I love that. Seriously, you made me yeah. close my eyes for this. You had me all hyped up. What is this shit? <laughs> I mean, they were they were the, the boys were always shirtless though, so. <laughs> I don't think it worked. I don't think it helped, parents. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh man, absolutely. But mm-hmm. well, I, I'm the Lost Boys was huge, huge. I um. I love that movie. Hellraiser two. Um, yes. I know it's kind okay, of funny, yeah. but I there's mm, the Cenobites. <laughs> there's something so ambiguous about the Cenobites. Even though they they have very specific gender features, there's still something very androgynous about them. Oh yeah. I mean, especially mm-hmm. you get that demonic tone of voice. So it actually right. really they are the antithesis of the biblical angels because there is really mm-hmm. no gender there. Um, yeah. Well, and they're, oh yeah, they're even ahead. more androgynous in the books too. Right. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Right. And Pinhead mm-hmm. yeah. really comes from that more female ish oh, yeah. character from Hellbound Heart. So there's a lot of fluidity and ambiguity there as far as their gender goes, because they really are they're the paradoxical angels. Um mm-hmm. And even though they're horrifying and terrifying, there was something just so intriguing. And uh, I was just fascinated, fascinated mm-hmm. by these horrific things. And I don't know why, but Hellraiser 2 is one of my like all-time favorite movies. That's one of my comfort movies. Comfort it's so good, though. It's so good. Um, something else interesting about that, too, is like the ending of that movie where you find out 
that they were actual people that had yes real lives. Yes. I think the most like chilling thing about that movie for me is I don't remember which one it was. It might have been The Chatterer is mm. actually a child. Yes. Yeah. That is really? like the yeah. most like oh, horrifying thing about it. Oh. And it makes sense because that's, you know, I mean his teeth are chattering. He's scared. Um, so, so oh my god, I don't know. every Hell- time I watch it, I'm just like that. That part just makes me want to cry. Hellraiser, the first Hellraiser movie, fantastic. Clive Barker, fucking genius, mm-hmm. man. But Hellraiser 2, above and beyond, by far the best film of the entire series. The, uh, oh, yeah. it, there's just something about it that just oh, it's it's remarkable, it is remarkable. Of yeah. it, the world mm-hmm. building, the storytelling, the characters, like it's fantastic. If you've never seen that one, you're missing out because it is a masterpiece. Yes. <laughs> Does anybody else have movies or books that really stand out in your memory as kind of like flipping that switch for you where you were like, hey, hey for now? Me, it wasn't books or movies unfortunately it was music which is really strange tell me like you know Madonna Boy George it's just uh Cindy Lauper uh so that was yeah oh my gosh she's beautiful yeah so that was uh, what I related to growing up and where I saw myself and helped me to realize that it's okay to be myself (laughs) I love George Michael so much oh my god oh my god i don't talk about that a lot uh, george michael and neil diamond um they're gods <laughs> i love them so much and cindy lopper yeah yep like a treasure yes. a gift yes. from the heavens share don't forget share oh share oh, yeah yeah but oh. I always listen to the weird stuff. Like there was this group called Cocktoo Twins. Um, nice, and, yeah. Oh my God, you know Cocktoo Twins? Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, like they were just amazing. But I, for like I say, for me, it was a lot of music, and that kind of led me down that path, and like me, let me see that. Did you Very read cool. a lot of horror? Did you watch a lot of horror growing up? Oh, I, yeah, I completely started with horror. My mom was the one she used to read those, like, um, true crime books and leave them laying around. It's her fault. She should have ah. left them laying around. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked them up. <laughs> and she used to love horror. Like, every Friday, we were at Blockbuster or Peaches in New Orleans. So I have to give a shout-out to Peaches. Picking out movies. And one that will stick with me for the rest of my life is Trilogy of Terror. That little yes! fucking boy fetish doll fucked me up with a kid. The Zuni <laughs> doll. Me the fuck up. Yes. That and then don't be afraid of the dark. Yes. 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 Uh, uh, yeah. I actually just showed Trilogy of Ter- Terror to my oldest uh, a couple months ago. So good. Karen oh, Black. Oh, Karen Black. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Hell the yeah. Amazing screen queen. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. What a great film. Oh, and then as I started film. reading, I actually started reading like fantasy and like sci-fi, like Pierce Anthony and um, mm-hmm. Simon R. Green. And then I started working at Borders and that's where oh, I picked up. Borders. 
Yes, I know. God, um, I, I, I picked, so I started much. getting into Dean Kuntz. And again, from there, it led to Grand Masterton, which is the more extreme stuff, and then so forth and so on. And now I'm fucked up. Yes! <laughs> yeah. And we love it. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you bring up Dean Kuntz. It's very hard to get a hold of some of these now, but Dean Kuntz wrote um quite a few horror-esque books for children. My uncle Charlie was the head librarian of the Rarities and Antiquities Department at Carnegie Mellon University's library. So he always super, super into books, interesting books. We got a lot of Maurice Sendak, um, a lot of things that were much darker. And he would give us all of the Dean Koontz hit like young adult books like Oddkin, which is almost like a version of Puppet Master. For children, like there's there are some th- toys in that book that are terrifying. I remember getting it at a pretty young age and only being able to read some of it and having to put it on the shelf and wait a few years to go back to it because it's dark. What was it called? Oddkins. Oddkins. The the book that I have. Hey, Reen, can you go down to the bookshelf and find the book? It's a hardback book. It says Oddkins. Please. Thank you, darling. Thank you. <laughs> I'll show you. It's fa- it's huge. It's oh, huge. Nice. But when she brings it up, I'll show you. But um, yeah, he was kind of my entrance into like the R.L. Stein. Oh yeah. The Christopher Pike, yeah. the Point books. Dylan, how old are you, child? I am twenty nine. Oh my god, he's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what you what you know about Point horror? <laughs> were you picking them up at the library <laughs> oh i had no <laughs> did anybody I had goosebumps though oh my gosh goosebumps oh yeah did anybody get into vc andrews a little bit like but yeah. it, you know the basic stuff what was it flowers in the attic, flowers in the attic. that was pretty oh my good. god my yeah. sweet audrina i remember that Oh my god, you need to read it. Oh my it's god. It's on my list for sure. Oh, you have to. It is one of my all-time favorites. It is wild as fuck. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I probably read it when I was like 11 and I knew in my heart I was like I should not have read this. <laughs> this was not this was not appropriate. <laughs> what else you guys? What else? John Saul was a huge thing for me when I was growing up. Yeah. Love John Saul. I've got quite a few on my shelf from John Saul. Yeah. And I never even knew he was gay up until like a couple months ago. <laughs> I didn't know he was gay. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Eve, Mick, what about you guys? I uh, I grew up in southern Idaho, so we didn't have literature. We just watched tumbleweeds, roll by. No, yeah, <laughs> we didn't read books. We didn't read. We... Sounds very sad. Yeah, yeah. I actually used to live in Boise. No, I, I mean it wasn't no. that bad. Uh, it wasn't that good either. No, um, mm-hmm. I really like. We talked about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street too. I think a little bit ago, yes. like that one left me very confused for many years because mm-hmm. um, I really didn't like realize I was bi until I was like nineteen. So growing up, uh, yeah, I come across like weird stuff and I would be confused and I couldn't figure out why. I, you know, but being a dumbass, like oh well, whatever, and then just repress it for a while. 
Um, but then, like, I would watch. It's not Tom. That's not Tom. <laughs> That's very, like very normal. normal. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I know you're being self-deprecating, but that, that's yeah. people should know it's not stupid at all. Yeah, it is, it it's is, not it you. Is. It's society is trying to tell you that that's not the way you are. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yes. And that's yeah. a thing. Damn them. A thing. <laughs> but uh, and I but I would like watch like I mean, it's my, still my favorite movie, the original Dracula with Bella Lugosi. And I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it would leave me like kind of like huh there's something going on there and of course bride of frankenstein which is of course very queer um but like those were like when i was growing up those were like the things that really like okay there's some there's a thing here what is it i'm not sure it wasn't until i actually realized and i started reading like well we mentioned poppy bright and then i read um like carmilla and of course Mm -hmm. everything barker ever put out and um crap i had I had the title in my head. Now it's gone. But see, I yeah, brains are stupid. I'm <laughs> trading mine in. <laughs> I me too. Yeah, uh, don't do that. I like both of your brains. <laughs> <laughs> well, or you just can give them it. to me. I guess you can have them. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be a really deep cut. My sister and I watched a lot of Sci-Fi Channel. And we also rented a lot from Blockbuster and other rental places growing up. This is a really old movie. We loved uh, like Peter Cushing and all of the classic like Hammer Horror, Christopher Mm -hmm. Lee, all of that. House of Long Shadows was one of our all-time favorites. But do you guys remember a movie from the 60s called Frankenstein Created Woman? Vaguely, yes. Okay, so... This, I feel like, was the first representation of, like, trans experience. So, Peter Cushing plays Dr. Frankenstein, and he has this, like, girlfriend-wife person, I think, Christina, and she dies. And he's so desperate to bring her back that he comes across this man named Hans who's, like, about to pass away. And through his experiments, he takes, uh, oh, Hans commits suicide. Uh, And he takes Hans's soul and puts it in Christina's body. And the rest of the movie is basically the spirit of this man, Hans, trying to come to terms with being contained inside a female body that he does not feel comfortable in. And then he tries to use that female body to like take revenge on the people who drove him to suicide um and it's it's so he tries to use the body to like sexually entice them into their deaths all the while trying to come to terms with how he controls a body that he obviously knows he doesn't belong in this was like 1966 1967 i've heard of this um, I, I cannot recommend it enough. You know, like, it's 1960s. It's not anything, like, hugely wild. But if you watch it now from a 2022 perspective, you'll sit there and you're like, what, what, what? <laughs> this is kind of amazing. Amazing. Do y'all remember The Hunger? Oh, oh yeah, yes. That's Catherine Deneuve, David Bowie, Susan Sarandon. 
Yeah. And David Bowie's character was like Catherine Deneuve's character's like longtime vampire companion, and he starts to deteriorate and fade away. So she tries Man. to steal Susan Sarandon as her oh, yeah. like love, um, like love and partner for eternity. I haven't seen that in forever. I yeah. know, right? That was like the early yeah. 80s. Yeah. For the time. That was the soundtrack was amazing God. too. Oh my God. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It was wild. I, I can, my father is Episcopal priest. I can't believe some of the stuff he let my sister. <laughs> he rented Amityville Horror for us and he was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. What about Sleepaway Camp, you guys? Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Classic. The big oh, surprise at the end. I remember people being like, Ooh, <laughs> she was a boy the oh, whole yeah. time. I'm like, not really. <laughs> she was a she, and she was taking her anger out on all of you assholes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Love it. So, looking, having looked at our past, where do you see indie horror? heading in the future and is there a specific way we within the queer community could or should impact its trajectory what do you think Mm -hmm. i have an idea based on the conversations we've had but i want to hear what you think I think people are getting bolder and braver and uh, taking a chance and deciding, okay, I can do this. Um, so I'd like to see more of that, of course, um, but like mm-hmm. we're getting it slowly but surely. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm gay. We all are in some form, shape or fashion. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I'm still learning. So I know for straight people, it's going to be even more of a journey, but People are, are are bold and brave, and they're they're making those strides towards it. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think that you know we are getting bolder, and I think the more community that we're building within the indie horror community, oh, yeah, you're getting a more of an attitude of okay, show me what you got, but make sure you do it right. Mm-hmm. And I'm you know I, I'm seeing yeah. a little more of that, and I wanted and I want to see much more of that because I think in like more mainstream horror, it's less so. And so in the indie and especially indie extreme, they're like, all right, cool. Wow me. Just blow my fucking mind. Uh-huh. You know, like, there's mm-hmm. certain things you got to get right. And I think representation is going to be the one that they're really going to be watching for. And I, and I hope to see more of it. Yeah. Right. I'd really like to see more extreme lesbian horror because it's really hard to find. I'd really mm-hmm. like you to write some more. Uh, just there we go. <laughs> <laughs> like... Not to call you out, but <laughs> Danny was just an exceptional, ex- exceptional book. As far as it, you know, it highlighting mental health plus toxic relationships plus growing up um, with an abusive caregiver, like how it impacts you as far as the relationships that you enter later in life. Like, please give us more mm-hmm. of that. That would be super. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, ugh, you people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know I'm trying to move house? <laughs> what else? What do you think, guys? I think 
I, I agree with pretty much everything we're saying. Also, just adding more honesty to our stories, too, um, mm -hmm. and staying true to yourself. I think that's really important. Like, sticking to your guns, even if you're, like, worried about how someone might respond to it. Because yeah. no matter what, if you put out something into the world that you believe in, that's all that really should matter. Yeah. And, and someone will, like, will see that. Yes. And it will mean something to someone. Absolutely. And I really have to want to focus in on the concept that's been coming up multiple times is not worrying too much about what the community, how the community will respond to the content you put out there. Yeah. I think it is very important that we continue to be transparent and honest in the characters that are created and continue to highlight the fact that all humans are flawed and all humans are capable of evil, regardless of <laughs> color, background, age, sexual orientation, gender identity. It doesn't matter. Like all of us have the capacity to do horrible things. Yeah. And that needs to be highlighted. Because like Roland said, it's horror. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. it's meant to be horrific yeah and you never know like what's gonna either resonate with people or really piss people off like right um people can like in terms of like getting attacked by quote-unquote your community there's some, like obvious things that people have done wrong but sometimes it's just kind of random it's something small that you wouldn't even think so like you might do the most extreme thing and like no one bats an eye but then you do something else and suddenly people are attacking you. So you just yeah. have no idea. And yeah. then people yeah. will surprise you about how they relate to your story. Like people have, I've like read reviews or people have um, mentioned to me like how they related into a book and, and to my book in a way that I just didn't expect. Like it seems like they almost related to more than I did in some ways or just more specifically in certain ways or they'll completely misunderstand it. Like someone yeah. was like, this is a cautionary tale against metal current transition. I'm like, no, it's not. Oh, it's like my not God. at all. That you know, even close. Did not okay, understand like, the assignment. Yeah, <laughs> but okay, that's your interpretation. You just can't control the, your, you can't control how people are going to react to your work. You just got to put it out there. Yeah. And what one person's going to take away from it, like you say, is totally different than another person because it's all subjective. Like oh, if I read it, I might see this. If you read it, you might see that. So we, we've already been bold and we've decided to live our lives, live our truths. Why not write it? We, we, didn't, we did the hard part already, you know? So yeah. the rest of oh, it yeah. is a cakewalk. As soon as I get past this bathhouse scene. <laughs> do I it. can't You're wait for be... this bathhouse I know, scene. me too. There we are. <laughs> you know what? That's just, it's just the truth. You're going to have to come back next season and talk more about it once it's written. I'm going to be like, you remember when you were like tormented and not uh, <laughs> freaking bathhouse scene? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'll try. <laughs> and you know, Eve, going back to what you were talking about, how sometimes people will read your work and they'll pull something out of it that resonates so deeply with them that you didn't even really see when yeah. you were creating it. I think that's just magical. It is. it is absolute magic the way that can happen and the way people interpret your words and the feelings that they can attach to them. It's just, 
it's remarkable. And again, Roland, you're absolutely right. It's 100% subjective. Every time people post on like the books of horror community or on Instagram or on TikTok, like what? I need something scary. I need nothing scares me. I need a scary (laughs) book. I'm like, we can't give you a scary book. Scary is different for each and every one of us. It is 100% subjective. It's based on our upbringing, our traumas, our psychological makeup. There's so many things that go into what creates fear inside of us. I can't give you a list of books that are going to scare you. Yeah. You have to get in there and figure it out for yourself. Yeah. One of these days you're going to be reading a book and you're going to be like, oh my God! (laughs) No! No! I don't like this! (laughs) And other times you can read The Slob and you're like, hey. (laughs) That was was gross. Barf. (laughs) So, what are you guys reading now? What am I? Reading uh, <laughs> I always like to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what I'm reading. What? I'm actually re-listening to uh because I love audiobooks. Uh it's just so much easier for me to listen to them on a way to work. But um what is it? Uh The Haunted Forest for I can't tell you how many times I've read it or listened to it. Yeah, so good. So that's what I'm really listening to. So what is it about that book that makes it a, a comfort book for you? What is it? I will have to tell you on the panel because I'm on the panel for Scares That Cares about your your favorite book. So that's <gasps> yes! why I'm <laughs> Oh, all right. I've already got that in my calendar. Yes. <laughs> yes. What else are you guys reading? What are you reading? So... I'm the type of person who reads like 12 books at once. Oh, um, yeah. And, but right now, mostly, um, I'm just reading, um, I'm reading Manhunt. <laughs> and I know it's like, I'll just like read a page from one to the other. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I'm reading Manhunt. I'm reading uh, Duncan's book, Womb. Oh, yes. congratulations. Uh, thank you. I'm enjoying both of them. Um, so those are the two main books I'm reading. I'm reading a bunch of books for research too. And um, I'm also reading these uh, comics, these zines by Julia Graffer. She's a horror, um, a horror comic artist. And Beautiful. you can only get her work in zine form and it's really, really good. How do you so this spell one, her last name? Um, G-F-R-O-R-E-R, Graffer. I pen- right. She told me that I pronounced her name better than anyone else. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, I hope I didn't like ruin that. Um, but um, yeah, so Palm Ash, I really enjoyed this one. And there's also, this one's Blacklight. Um, this one's really, really good too. So yeah. I highly recommend if you're into indie horror comics, which I know there's a lot oh, of yeah. crossover, you should check out her work. Oh, awesome. When you're done with Womb, you have to message me. i think uh dylan that was the first book from my recommendations that you read that was the one that sucked you in and you were like all right i guess this is me now (laughs) yeah i I love that book (laughs) um it was that one and then also uh oh geez 
I can see the cover. The one about the kids in the... Oh, my gosh. In the museum. (gasps) Mayhem at the Museum by Regina Watts. Yes. Yes, that one's so good. Yes. (laughs) I actually lent that to a coworker recently. And what did they say? Uh, they haven't read it yet, so. Oh, all right. So it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I think they'll. I think they'll like it though. Ah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. What are you reading right now, my dear? Um, right now I'm reading the Book of Cold Cases. <gasps> what is this? By St. James. So this one is a um, crime thriller about um, this woman who runs a true crime blog. And it's in her, like, small town, and there's, like, a serial killer from the past in her town um, in the 70s. And so she ends up interviewing this serial killer, well, alleged serial killer. She was, uh, like, accused of it, but they're not sure. It was, it's a cold case, so it's not closed yet. Um, And it's, it's kind of like, it has a so she's kind of like an uh, unre- unreliable narrator too because you don't really know if she's really who she says she is. Oh my god! And then there's there's also some ghostly elements because oh. the the woman who is accused lives in her mansion that was her parents' mansion where her parents were murdered, and she's lived in that house for forty years, and she keeps hearing the voices of her parents. And poundings on the walls and wow, this it's is a lot really to good. unpack. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. I'm only like 80 <laughs> pages in, and I'm still like, there's still a lot to, like, to talk about. I just about. added it to my list. Oh my god, <laughs> it's really good. Nick, what are you reading? Uh, I'm reading The Butcher's Other Daughter uh, by Peter Caffrey. Yes, and I that just one's downloaded like, that. That one's good. Like it's it's got like three different perspectives of. It's like one of those it's three different perspectives of the same event type of narrative. And it is like I, I most of my readings at lunch at work and mm-hmm. it's really hard to go back to work right now because like it's just stuck in the end. Um, <laughs> usually I read like a couple at a time, but I'm doing some beta reading. So I can't really I can't really speak too much on that. But um, that one's really got me sucked. And I just finished Man, Fuck This House by Brian Asman. Oh, my God. That's and been on my list forever. It's It's fun. It's a fun read. Like I enjoyed it. I look at all of his. Hmm? Is that a haunted house kind of? Because kind of, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, and that's like usually right up my alley. So I saw that and I had to get it. It was good though. It was fun. All of his titles are intriguing to me. I I just that's the one that really stands out the most because I also really love a good haunted house book. Yeah. Did y'all read Kill Creek by Scott Thomas? I I want to. It's in my Kindle. Not independent. It was mainstream, but 100% recommend. If you like a good haunted house story, and the main characters are four authors. So as writers, I think you guys would be like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really good book. It's a really, really good book. Angelique, are you reading anything right now? Right now? No, I'm talking to you guys, but... (laughs) (laughs) She's sassy. Um, I've been working my way through the Don Texas series. Oh, so, so good. 2002 right now. Eric Butler. Oh my gosh. I love them. I love them. Yeah. He's fantastic. Well. It's so nice. 
Oh my God. He's so such nice. A, yeah. Such a nice guy. We're hoping to get him on the show next season. So oh, nice. hopefully yeah. he'll say yes. I don't know. After this season, people are going to be like, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, friends, thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. I really appreciate it. If the people would like to contact you, can you please let them know, number one, if you're comfortable with that. Number two, where's the best place for them to find you in order to reach out? Roland, why don't we start with you? Um. On Facebook, uh, you could just Roland Bercy Jr. or um, you could check my website out, RolandBercyJr.com. I have Instagram and other stuff, but I really use it a lot. So mostly Facebook. Cool, cool. And make sure you check out Written in Red podcast, which is the uh, Roland is one of the co-hosts of that with Aaron Beauregard, Daniel Volpe, Carver Pike. And now y'all have started bringing on authors for interviews as well. Yes, it's a lot of fun. Yes, we you just guys are to totally wheezing our grindage. And if you keep doing it, we will have an Anchorman style street <laughs> fight at Scares That Cares. Angelique, whose team are you on? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I have to go with uh, my baby daddy, Mercy. I've been uh, I've been betrayed. I've been betrayed. I've uh, been betrayed. I, have, and, and I guess I have what? to go to scares that care now to yes, yes, Eve. I, I need you, Eve. Eve. I need you to be Rick Tamlin. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. Eve, where did you get that hand grenade? Oh, my dear Dylan is on TikTok. Give the people your handle, Dylan. So I'm on TikTok as uh, Dynamic Dylan 26 And I think that's my handle for pretty much everything. I think um, so. I'm on YouTube too and Twitter if you want to find me. Dylan specializes in manga reviews, which was how I found him and fell in love with him and was able to make him my sweet TikTok child <laughs> through yeah, friendship. I, so if you I love didn't have manga, a choice. <laughs> yeah, no, it, was, it was forced upon him. If you love manga as well as horror, Dylan is where you want to be. Nice. Absolutely. He's also on Facebook, but not very often. Eve! <laughs> Where is the best place for the people to reach out to you? You've not been on TikTok a lot recently. No, I love TikTok, but I find making video content very challenging. Um, I'm most active on Twitter, um, the website for adults. (laughs) (laughs) They let us us post book covers on there. Wow. There's there's some... (laughs) some things on there <laughs> no I know. i'm just i'm just as bitter mm-hmm. as you guys are about like instagram facebook and um but yeah so twitter is eve harms rights i'm also on instagram eve harms rights i'm not as active on instagram um and i'm also on tiktok i did recently post the videos so maybe i'll try to to get back to it um that's hey. esoteric underscore eden and um i have a friend who's uh, who I'm collaborating with, and she she does a lot of TikTok, so she's like, let's make some videos together. So, what's her handle? I think it's um, Mariah Darling 2020. Yes, 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 yes. I follow Mariah on Instagram. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, we're collaborating right now. Awesome. Because I like to keep work in progress. It's kind of close to my heart, but I'll find um, her. You should definitely follow her. Um, But if you search for Mariah Darling, you'll find her. Excellent. Um, And yes, more trans horror coming. Yay! 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 Um, My website is eveharms.com. Um, you, if you want to like reach out to me for any sort of like businessy kind of thing, that's use the contact form on the website. That's the best way. Um, you can find my zines on my website at eveharms.com slash zines. Um, they're not really horror. They're not even like, they're not even, they're not extreme anything, but they're fun. I have them Um, and they're wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) one of them's like kind of creepy. That's like as far as it gets to being horror. Um, and uh yeah those are my main those are the best places to find me yay thank you so much for having me on oh this has been a lot of fun god i'm so it's been wonderful nick nick you're Hi. everywhere you're <laughs> everywhere i feel like we're friends on every platform like like a vd i am everywhere except it's twitter because i don't do the fucking twitter. i i have a twitter that i just literally never use anymore so i do too <laughs> So, like it just gives me hockey updates. That's all I care about. <laughs> Go Rangers. Oh, uh, I know you're a Flyers fan. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, I'm a Hawks fan. Oh, Hawks and Lewis, right. I'm we're both We're both Pennsylvania traders, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, where, what are your handles and where? Are you comfortable with people reaching out to you? Oh, uh, yeah, no, please do harass me. It's fine. Um, I'll harass back. Uh, I, on Facebook, I have an author page, but I don't even know if I'm gonna if I do anything with it anymore. Uh, but Mick Collins on Facebook, um, on Instagram, I think it's Michael R. Collins or Michael R. Collins author. Yeah, um, so. That's mainly just evolved into memes, so that's what you'd expect. Yeah. Uh, I just recently got on TikTok. Um, I've been having fun with that at Mick Writes. Um, I don't know. Oh, I have a website. Oh yeah, that thing. Uh, I have a website. <laughs> uh, michaelrcollins.wordpress.com um, and that's got books and uh, a blog that I really don't do anything with anymore so there's lots of things I try and then just forget about my, my poor neglected social network Nick is also working closely with James G. Carlson from Gloomhouse Publishing yes. right now they put out some Ooh. amazing books they're Pennsylvania based central PI based this publishing heck yeah, yeah. James- James is putting out some really good stuff and, and I gotta, I gotta shout out to him and credit him to kind of revitalizing me, uh, not only for getting hardcore back into horror, but just writing again. Cause I was serious slump. He picked up Vera Malum and now, you know, being friends with, you know, so many crazy, insane people. And I'm just excited about not only writing, but just hanging out with all these insane, crazy people. So it's been awesome much fun he has a skunk and a pig like he's the best friend I've, I possibly ever have well the fun thing about James we and I we live like really close to each other and so I've been to his house my wife and I've been to his house to play with the skunk and hang out with the pigs and all yeah. that and it's just it's everything you wish for and more it really is y'all live like 45 minutes from me so uh we're gonna have to plan a picnic yeah yeah <laughs> well I tried to get you out at one point but no Sorry, I'm a poor bitch. I have no money. <laughs> Angelique. Angelique. 
where can the people find you? I'm on most social media. So if you go to Google and you just type in Angelique Jordana, you're going to get several things to pop up and good luck. Oh. Yeah, find her, <laughs> harass her. She's amazing. Where do y'all like uh, people to buy your books? Are you Amazon or Godless people? Or would you prefer they reach out to you specifically? All of the above. Cool. <laughs> some people prefer Godless. Some people prefer Amazon, depending on how much stuff they've got there. So I always like to try and highlight that. If you have yeah, maybe stuff um, on Godless soon, I think it's a really awesome operation. It's really cool with what they're doing. Um, yeah. There. yeah, I feel like you guys get a higher profit margin from your books on Godless, right? Than you sure. do from Amazon. Oh, yeah. And I know they're less expensive on Godless, but I would rather see you guys get more money rather than sending Bezos to space. <laughs> he keeps coming back, God damn it. <laughs> that's the problem. I'll right. give him all my money as long as that's where he stays. <laughs> For more information on these remarkable human beings, please refer to today's show notes. Guys, I need your bios. Send me your bios. You can also come join us on the Mothers of Mayhem official Facebook group. I'm pretty sure even, I think even Eve, who very rarely shows up on Facebook, I think even Eve is in that group at this point. So every single one of us is in the Mothers of Mayhem official Facebook group. You can contact any and all of us there. Um, you can find the links to our various social media accounts in the show bio by visiting my link tree on any of my the fuck did I just read accounts. As always, you can send your questions, comments, or insults to our email address mom extreme podcast at gmail.com but don't forget that's m.o.m.extreme podcast at gmail.com and that's because christina tried uh uh just made things very complicated god bless her so um don't forget to send dildos to her because she deserves them and i swear to god if i get another picture of fucking zach baggins i am going to tear this town down with my bear hands <laughs> that will all become very clear to you all by the end of the season i will never stop thanking singer songwriter miko the devil for allowing us to use his song hungover in jonestown as our theme please go check out his music you will not regret it uh there is trauma in all of our lives that adds some extra sweetness celebrate that if you can <laughs> and until next time go raise some hell children and make your weird book mommies proud <gasps> bye guys oh, thank you. Bye. Bye. great to meet all of you you too life is a joke death is the punchline oh, la, 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 la.